The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Analysis, discussion, and the latest around the Broncos as the season continues. It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Welcome in to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. My name is Ronnie Court. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. We're today on the podcast. Ooh, we got a doozy of a question topic that I'm going to throw out to you also so you can get your responses in on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio, and we'll read off the best ones. But uh, simply put, the Denver Broncos offense now under a mandatory improvement for 2020. I will explain. But first, our friends over there at Taft 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field. 70 Colorado beers on tap and 100 Colorado distilled spirit. Chef Andrea Varela in that locally sourced rotating seasonally fair is just tremendous. Head on over there to Tap 14 on the web. That's tap14.com. Tap14.com. Uh, want to say thanks really quick before we get into our topic to the uh, Denver Broncos, actually, for hosting the Broncos Business Huddle. Uh, went on over there to uh, the Broncos Business Huddle. was a fun little deal. They mean business. And um, it was it was kind of cool to be able to hear from the Broncos staff. I uh, got a chance to chat with Brittany Bolin and uh, many of the front office individuals for the Broncos. Talk strategy, talk business, and uh, in a nice, uh, clean, professional setting. So uh, a very cool event. Learned some interesting stuff from them. So big thanks to the Broncos for that Broncos business huddle. Uh, more importantly, got to got to sit down a little bit with uh, Brittany Bolin to to learn. Uh, um, you know, uh, about her, uh, just because uh, I think many people uh, haven't had the opportunity to hear her speak publicly a lot. I think what we'll do is we'll have a podcast uh, a little bit later in the offseason that really goes uh, a, a, a deeper drill down to the Broncos ownership situation and what could happen in the future, what we think's going to happen, all that jazz. But I think that's a topic for a, another time and day because today I think uh, you know coming off the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs winning and of course Patrick Mahomes living in the AFC West, I think it's mandatory to talk about how this Broncos offense in free agency and the draft needs to improve and needs to improve now quickly. It is mandatory for the Denver Broncos to improve on offense because trying to out shoot Patrick Mahomes with a mediocre offense I don't care if you have a elite defense is not a recipe to win the game uh, Patrick Mahomes is on a special level and the Denver Broncos are gonna have to improve this offensive side of things and able to just stay competitive in the AFC West and that may not even be enough that may not even be enough you know I've, I've talked about it on the uh, on the podcast in the past that I'm, I'm a big fan of Drew Locke, uh, and make no mistake, I, I believe he is going to be a great player. I've never felt he's going to be a special player, though, uh, as I feel with 99.99999% of players. You, you just don't usually see, two years into the league, somebody emerge as potentially one of the most special players to ever play this game. Patrick Mahomes, two years in, is already crafting a Hall of Fame resume. Think about that. Super Bowl ring, Super Bowl MVP. He, he broke records last year. I mean, we're talking about somebody who is 
we're already starting to see the highlights of the NFL 200 celebration involving Patrick Mahomes. He is a special player and and more importantly plays the game almost perfectly catered now to a mobile quarterback. A lot of rules to help the quarterback in staying safe. It it allows him to be finesse in a offensive driven league. It's hard to stop him, not only the the arm but the dual threat with the legs. He is he is a carbon copy of everything you've ever wanted in a quarterback with the incredible memory and the 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 smarts and the wittiness and the kind of the swag that he has with him the mobility the arm strength the accuracy the leadership the the comeback mentality everything he's everything you've ever wanted and that's the hill that the Denver Broncos have to climb in trying to beat them in the AFC West because he's going to live in that division for many many years so when you talk about free agents, when you talk about the draft, I want to start with the draft because the free agent pool is, um, I, I wouldn't say super sexy, but when we talk about the draft, there are a lot of options for the Denver Broncos. And we're talking about, of course, a name discussed by many, uh, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, uh, C.D. Lamb at the wide receiver position. When we're talking about drastically improving that wide receiver room. Um, to be realistic with everybody, and I think most people who follow the draft really understand this, is Jerry Judy is not going to be in the Denver's grasp. The Alabama wide receiver is just a tremendous route runner, incredible route runner. Um, many, Some scouts, many believe, um, who, who constantly evaluate wide receivers, that he is one of the best route runners to ever come out in the NFL. He is an incredible player and is certainly going to go very, very high. I think you're going to start to see him go after the, the, the major mandatory uh, top picks like Chase Young, like the quarterbacks, Jeff Okuda. These, these are dynamic players, Andrew Thomas. Uh, once you see these guys go off the board, Jerry Judy immediately becomes the very sexy pick uh, to, to go inside the top 10, maybe to a, a Carolina to add to their weapon base, maybe to an Arizona who sits at number eight. Denver Denver's going to have to trade up to get a Jerry Judy. So I think you can take that out of your, um, your wish list, if you will. Then there's a guy by the name of CeeDee Lamb. Now, CeeDee Lamb, also a very quality wide receiver, a guy who is going to... Uh, become probably a number one type player um, within a year or two. Uh, amazing hands, uh, also a very good route runner. And I, and I think it's interesting to see the, the NFL move towards this, um, the, you know, and, and I think you saw this with the Denver Broncos. You know, back, back in 2017, what was the word they used? Juice. It was juice. It was speed. It was physicality. It was just trying to find anybody who was just uh, a physical specimen. Well, it doesn't work with Carlos Henderson. If you're a physical specimen or you can run a 4-2 when you show up overweight or you don't care or whatever may be the case that's outside of it. 
Um, Denver, I think, has changed a lot of their draft strategy, and now you're looking for more of the core fundamentals. Now you're looking for more of the the better players off the field, and um, you know, C.D. Lamb, particularly when it comes to, I, I think, intelligence on the field, I think is one of the 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 very good ones, and and that's where I think the route running starts to become a bit of a, um, you know, I think once maybe an overlooked. Uh, you know, it was it was always a, it was let's say this it was, it was always a trait that people liked, but what what caught the attention of everybody the the forty yard dash, um, you know how tall how, how tall are they how high can they jump you know the vertical those those were always the big ones the route running now through film is really starting to become I think one of the more important things that these. NFL scouts are starting to evaluate and weight their way. And so certainly that's going to be one of the things that, uh, you know, Denver could be looking at. Uh, but there's always a third wide receiver in this draft. This is, by the way, this is one of the deepest wide receiver classes we've ever seen in this NFL draft. And Henry Ruggs at Alabama is looking like a really nice option. Uh, and maybe more even particularly Henry Ruggs, a nice option next to Cortland Sutton. This is a uh, a player out of Alabama, Henry Ruggs III, who is uh, dynamic speed-wise. Uh, six foot 190 is, is a guy at Alabama who became one of the more um, important key cogs on that offense. Uh, really a... A terrific, terrific player that could come in to the Denver Broncos and essentially be an an incredible um, accent to what the Denver Broncos are trying to do uh, with with Cortland Sutton and their offense. And and make no mistake, you know, this is a this is a guy who could be available. First of all, at fifteen. But then maybe even more importantly, uh, they may be looking at multiple wide receivers in this draft this year. You know, maybe a, a guy in the first round and then also somebody who is taken in the third, fourth round a little bit later because this is a team that's obviously got to fill the void of Emmanuel Sanders. But then also, you know, you're you're really trying to find somebody who can become a big-time playmaker. Deshaun Hamilton kind of came on strong with Drew Locke, but I, I think you're still seeing Deshaun Hamilton as a solid 4-5, not a 2-3, and so you're looking to try to fill that void uh, in the offseason. Now, particularly when it comes to the draft, um, you, you, those are the three names that you're going you're gonna to really see on the uh, mocks often that the Denver Broncos are, are looking towards. Um, there are other names at the wide receiver position that, uh, you know, Denver could potentially trade down and still snag. Uh, like I mentioned, this is a very deep wide receiver class. And, of course, the the one big name that most people here in Colorado will know is LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver out of uh, Colorado who – uh, many scouts believe was a bona fide first rounder years ago. Physical talent, speed, playmaking ability, uh, somebody who can kind of be a bit of a uh, a dual option. You know, taking end arounds and uh, really becoming a a disruptor. One of those guys who. Uh, look at at six foot two can win jump balls, but also can still run around you. 
And there's a lot of talent there with LaVisca Chenault. Some injury situations in his uh, time at Colorado, but I, I don't think that's really going to affect much of his draft status. I, you know, I mean, we're talking about LaVisca Chenault becoming a a borderline best wide receiver in this draft if the wide receiver class wasn't so deep. You know, it's just a super deep class. But that tells you how much talent the uh, kid out of wider uh, kid out of Colorado has uh, Jalen Ringer, wide receiver out of TCU, also a very good option. Justin Jefferson. I mean, there there are, it's crazy, and this almost really begins to make you wonder if you're the Denver Broncos, uh, particularly a if you're think if you ever were thinking about trading up, um, you better trade up for a guy who is a bona fide star. Um, and you better hit on that because there are wide receivers galore in this draft and they, it may actually, if you're really trying to gather talent and potentially pick up some guys who, you know, like I said, LaVisca Chenault maybe mocked more towards the 1530 spot. Same with uh, Justin Jefferson who could be dominant wide receivers, but they're pushed down because of the, the class. Those may be talents you end up looking to, to take advantage and scooping up on. You know, I know it's sexy to talk about the top half of the class, but let's talk about some of these other guys who, by the way, are expected to be somewhere in that first round or early second round. I mean, there's a ton of talent here. And I think if you're the Denver Broncos and you're trying to now drastically improve the offense to try to catch Patrick Mahomes, this is the eye that you're going to be looking at. You're obviously not looking at tight end. Tight end has been filled. Noah Fant is your tight end of the future. That is a signed, sealed, delivered envelope. The quarterback position, same deal. The running back position, also very much solidified with Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. I don't think you're going to see Devontae Booker make this team uh, in 2020. So you look at that and you say, okay, wide receiver-wise, there is a lot to like inside the uh, NFL draft. And I think that's probably where the Denver Broncos really need to be focusing that kind of um, position because you're trying to build your young core on offense, right? And the problem is, on the other, the flip side of things, in free agency, there really is... It's not the best free agent class, if you will, for playmakers on offense, for wide receivers. Um, Amari Cooper could potentially be involved there. Uh, Randall Cobb also. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about guys who, look, There's a, first of all, there's a reason why these teams are moving on from these players, right? And I, I just don't think there's anybody here in this group that you're really looking at and you're saying okay well you know let's look at paying this guy because he could be a nice stopgap and I think this is really set up for Denver to really look hard at wide receiver I mean other potential free agent names Emmanuel Sanders is one of them if you're the Denver Broncos you know you're not bringing him back uh Robbie Anderson's name is out there these are just they're guys that I think you know if you're Denver no, nobody really jumps off the page. You're really looking to solidify the wide receiver position with two young, dynamic players in Cortland Sutton 
and your potential rookie who you draft early in the in the draft pick. Because look, uh, when you pair that with Cortland Sutton, who by the way is only 24, with Drew Locke, with Philip Lindsay, with Royce Freeman, with Noah Fant, with Dalton Reisner, you're you're building a young offensive core who, by the way already looking like they churned out some pretty darn good productivity last year. Uh, Drew Locke's final five starts looked very good on offense, uh, at least uh, on a potential level. You saw the emergence of Cortland Sutton all year long. It really didn't matter who was covering him or who was throwing him the football. He was looking like a, a little baby Megatron. I mean, th- this guy was making play after play and stealing the football away from wide receivers. And now if you, you, you can accompany him. With a guy who can really spread the the defense out, whether it be on a vertical passing game or simply can 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 just find those creases, you know that that kind of Wes Welker type player who, you know, ten yards, run to the sticks, turn around, but find find that little nest in the defense to get that first down and allow Drew Locke to to have kind of a bit of a security blanket because you can then also open up a vertical passing game with Noah Fan. Look, I tell you what, there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of potential. I know everybody wants to to talk about how, you know, the the quarterback position, well, I still want to see it before I believe it. I understand. And look, that's probably the right approach after getting burned year after year after year at the quarterback position with Case Keenum and Joe Flacco. And, uh, God, they, they thought Mark Sanchez at one point was actually going to be a viable option. <laughs> oh, boy, that was those were the times. Those were the times. I'm telling you, I, I'm a full believer in this Drew Locke kid, and I think you surround him with offensive weapons. He can be a dynamic player. So uh, that's simply, I think, the goal on offense this offseason in 2020 is building a – young nucleus so that next year you're looking at Drew Locke at quarterback, you're looking at Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman as a dual back. Janovich is obviously coming back at the fullback position. You're looking at Cortland Sutton. You're looking at a newly drafted wide receiver, whether it be a Henry Ruggs, maybe a CeeDee Lamb. And then you're looking at probably a a draft pick in the third, fourth round. Somebody who, let's be honest, uh, you know, could, could become that quick third wide receiver if Deshaun Hamilton doesn't show up in training camp and preseason and really shows off a major improvement. You know, we're we're going on multiple years on this guy, and the, the book is becoming out, and he's got to be able to really show himself as a weapon, not just an option, a weapon for this offense, because otherwise this is a deep wide receiver class that could shove him out. Uh, Tim Patrick, what we'll make of Tim Patrick, we'll see uh, certainly a tall a uh, vertical option that uh, I think might be nice to stash in the back pocket if you're the Denver Broncos. Uh, but then you pair that look with with another year for Noah Fant, who I, I am expecting big things. I actually think uh, Noah Fant, for as much criticism as he got, pretty darn good year from the tight end, who again has to learn two positions, generally a difficult learning curve for a tight end in the NFL. And you know what? Noah Fant was still productive on offense and that leads us to the big uglies the guys up front this is where i think the denver broncos could be looking at free agency and uh really starting to think about 
the offensive line. Um, as it stands now, this is an offensive line that you're probably looking at replacing two players. Um, whether they actually are replaced is a different story. Now, the first position you have to replace is guard and Ron Leary. That, that is a, uh, a likely bona fide. I don't think you're going to see the Denver Broncos keep Ron Leary. This is something that uh, uh, is, is probably a year too long in which they held on Ron Leary, but they needed to, uh, they needed his services as, as the Denver Broncos look strapped at the position and they, they spent a ton of money on Jawan James. That's a contract you can't move on from, uh, but the time is now and, and moving on from Ron Leary is, is going to be, uh, something that the Denver Broncos will be doing. Other than that, I think you look at the opportunity at replacing Garrett Bowles. I, I don't know if this is a position that actually will be replaced. Um, and look, the, the offensive line situation in the free agency, I think, is going to dictate a lot of this because you got a lot of teams who um, could be retaining their guys. You don't often see a ton of great offensive linemen hit free agency nowadays because of the fact that, look, everybody's looking for offensive line play. Everybody's looking for a dynamic offensive player on the uh, on in the trenches because they're tough to find. And, and as the NFL starts to accept more of the college-esque game, I think you're going to start to see that transition smooth in a little bit. But until then, you're still finding this situation where, hey, you got a lot of offensive players coming from the college level to the NFL, and they're making that transition, and it's not as easy as you think because the game is faster, the the defenders are stronger, they are bigger, and it's just a major shock when it comes to speed of the game. There's a lot to learn, and some of the, the that gobbles up a lot of offensive linemen moving from college to the NFL. So Garoppolo's is certainly a position to watch. Dalton Reiser is going to stay at the other guard position and certainly has been a great one. I think you're going to see the Denver Broncos make it very clear they want to re-sign Connor McGovern to a contract or at least bring him back next year for sure at the center position. And then right tackle is another one of those question marks that unfortunately contract-wise I think you're banking on Juwan James coming back and, and being healthy and being a, a potential playmaker, somebody who can at least be serviceable at the right tackle position. I think if you're the Denver Broncos, you have no choice. You really have no choice. Uh, I, I don't know if there's going to be a name out there, whether it's uh, potentially, oh gosh, uh, just off the top of my head, maybe uh, Brian Balaga, uh, Marcus Gilbert. Uh, I believe Jack Conklin is is up. Uh, I, I mean, there's th these are just names off the top of my head. I'd have to to dive deeper into who's going to be potentially available. I know there are player and club options on certainly a lot of these contracts, but look, this is a a Denver Broncos team. I think that is going to have to unfortunately at one position, and that's the right tackle position, is probably bite the bullet and accept the idea that look, Jawan James is probably going to be our guy at right tackle. We paid him for a reason. We need to see some productivity. Uh, but I, I think that also means that, look, you understand that there is a injury history with 
um, Jawan James. So you have to bring in some depth and potentially bringing back Elijah Wilkinson, maybe bringing in a guy in free agency as your depth guy. That is probably going to be something that the Denver Broncos are looking at. And then maybe in the fourth, fifth round, you're looking at a guard, you're looking at a, a, a tackle who could potentially come in and, and understand that he doesn't need to start right away. But... You know, you're stashing that talent. You know, somebody who could step in as a depth guy or, heck, I mean, with the way the Denver Broncos offensive line played last year, there could be maybe some starts out of that kid. You know, this is a Denver Broncos offensive line that is very poor, and they, they improved when Drew Locke became the starter, but certainly, um, you know, a lot of that is the quarterback elevating the offensive line. That means we know the offensive line is still playing at a poor level. So, they got to improve on offense. They got to improve at the quarterback, uh, the the wide receiver position, and they got to improve at the offensive line position. And that's external improvement, just simply external improvement of guys coming in to the franchise. Certainly, they're going to have to see some internal improvement. And when I say internal improvement, I mean Drew Locke. Drew Locke has got to take that next step. He has got to become somebody who could uh, go from the type of quarterback that many think he could be to the type of quarterback that he can be, which is what many think he can be. Five games is a small sample size. It's a small sample size. And there are a lot of people who are still doubters. And I understand that. Uh, again, the, the Broncos fan base has been burned by quarterbacks in the past, and I think many are taking a cautious approach. But if you're the Denver Broncos and you see dynamic 4,000-yard, 30-touchdown play at a Drew Locke next year, we're talking about a team that is in the, in the postseason, first of all. And probably a team that is fighting for the division. And so a lot of this fits on, uh, you know, it fits like a glove as long as Drew Locke takes that next step. And I think this is why you're so focused on building around Drew Locke and the weapons that you have, you know, and the weapons that you could bring him, you know, understand how much better is Drew Locke if he's throwing towards C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs, a playmaker on the outside to go next to Cortland Sutton, somebody who could uh, be a speedy option, you know, and this is where I think Henry Ruggs becomes a, a bit of a sexy option for the Denver Broncos along with Jerry Judy. So certainly, look, it's going to be a fun offseason because it's always fun when we're talking offensive weapons and what they could bring to the Denver Broncos. And um, Denver's got something growing here on offense. But I tell you what, it is a tall hill to climb because you're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and already Super Bowl champion Patrick Mahomes that Drew Locke has got to face twice a year and probably has got to travel to Arrowhead in January if the Denver Broncos see postseason success. Good luck, Drew. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronnie K Radio. That's at R O N N I E, the letter K Radio on Twitter. And of course, always, uh, well, one of the deals for the Denver, the uh, Broncos Blitz podcast is it kind of translates over to uh, what uh, we do on the radio show. Selfish plug. 3 p.m. every single day on Mile High Sports. If you're local here in Denver, 1340 a.m. 
104.7 FM. And, of course, you can stream at MileHighSports.com. You go to MileHighSports.com. You can watch the show. That's 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 5 p.m. for our Eastern Standard Time friends. And we're always talking Denver Broncos and what the Broncos need to be improving. Great guests. We're hoping to bring on Steve Atwater uh, in the next couple days and uh, uh, congratulate him on a Hall of Fame career. Hall of Fame safety. Steve Atwater. How cool is that to say? So uh, be sure to catch us on the radio show. It's a lot of fun. And of course, you can find archives of not only the radio show, but this podcast, which we throw out every week, of course, at milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com. Later, y'all. To listen to previous versions of the Broncos Blitz podcast, visit milehighsports.com or subscribe to the Broncos Blitz wherever you get your podcast. Podcast.